I'm Alex Green, and this is Stereo Embers, the podcast. Check this out. How come my girl's been waiting for me in the back of the car? Don't you see? Those pleasures waiting there, I know I can make you just That is the music of the Honey Cane, featuring my guest today on the program, Jerry Slavonia. Let me tell you a little bit about the Honey Cane. The Honey Cane's Make Wonderful is not only one of the best albums of 2018, it's a modern California classic, fitting perfectly in the West Coast canon, right in between the Grateful Dead's Shakedown Street and the Counting Crows August and everything after. Comprised of members of California-based bands like Translator and The Sextants, The Honey Cane is led by former Joss frontman Jerry Slavonia. A Bay Area native, the lustrous voice Slavonia's delivery is as smooth as they come. It rolls like the surf, and it soars with sun-kissed luminescence. Slavonia sings with the kind of laid-back melodicism that summons the ever-clear forever days of summer— and the dusky groove of possibility. Make Wonderful is an album that's redolent with rich, rootsy rock, harmonic intelligence, and wave-riding jams that roll smoothly into the stratosphere with a spacey, sonic shimmer. Songs like the catchy pop of We Played, the soulful finesse of Say You Will, or the funky indie rock of Blind Man bring to mind everyone from Dr. Dog to My Morning Jacket and, along the way, summon the musical lineage of California, whose connective tissue spans from San Francisco to Los Angeles. Now look, I'm not saying that Make Wonderful is an album about California, because it's not. But sonically, it does capture the hope, the ambition, and the comfort California offers as a mythic ideal. Whether it's searching for gold in the hills, Hollywood fame, or just simply a comfortable climate— California has always represented a salvation of some kind, and in the last hundred years, people have gone great distances to simply go west in search of something better. And sometimes the idea of just getting to California has been good enough. It's one of those situations where you go, let's just get there, and when we get there, we'll figure the rest of it out. And that's the beauty and the curse of California— It makes you think that the figuring it all out part is easier than it actually is. Think for a second how the California dream functions in the mamas and the papas California dreaming. They say, I'd be safe and warm 
if I was in L.A., and being safe and warm is good enough. A more contemporary example might come from the wedding present. They're all the way from Leeds, and in their song, California, they urge the listener to leave all your cares and fears behind. And maybe that's what makes Make Wonderful so uniquely Californian. It sounds fearless and careless at the same time. It sounds like the embodiment of the imaginative ideal of California, and it perfectly captures the mythic promise of the Golden State. And what's so incredible is that it does this without mentioning anything specifically. In other words, there's no name-checking here. There's no California iconography that is summoned in these songs. There's no mentioning of the Golden Gate Bridge or Topanga Canyon or Hate Street or, I don't know, Steph Curry. This is an album that will make you feel the promise of California in its West Coast vibe. It's a spectacular sonic rendering of hopes, dreams, and possibilities. But it goes even further than that. It gives us the feeling that those ambitions and those possibilities are things that we can make and make wonderful. Jerry Silvonia has been a friend of mine for a long time, and uh, it was great to have him on the program. I think you're going to enjoy this guy. So here's my chat with Jerry Silvonia of the Honey Cane. Enjoy it right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast. I met these songs be born. I'm not a traditional songwriter where I sit down with a bunch of candles lit and pen and paper and incense burning. Or I mean, you know, or I can imagine people sitting in coffee shops with their notebooks. I let the songs literally come out of me. And, you know, that takes time because they don't always come out <clears throat> in a finished form right out of the, right out of the gate. But, you know, some of these, uh, songs stream of conscious, man. And I'll, I'll go back later and transcribe whatever came out of me vocally singing and, you know, try to try to fill in the pieces if, if necessary, but it's the way I've always done it. So sometimes I get, you know, surprisingly lucky. And you've got to be in a real frame of mind to pull it off. But that's that's the only way that works for me. I, I can't labor over lyrics. I've gotta I've gotta let it flow. Have you have you tried that? Have you tried the laboring thing and you're like, oh that's just not for me? I I mean, I tried it for years. You know, because I thought that's the way you're supposed to do it. And it 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 never really worked. One, I don't think I'm any sort of a poet. I'm a, I'm a musician, and you know I hear melodies very easily, and I obviously um, try to be a conscious <laughs> conscious person. And you know the more the more uh, the more of that you practice, the more likely you are to have something to say that has some meaning behind it. Um, but you know, I'll tell you, Alex, that's the way that album came together, this album. And that's the way that the, uh, the album I'm working on right now is coming together. But I do think that as time goes on, I'm going to try to integrate 
a little bit more of the traditional approach. Because because life is short, and, and right, and it's sort of like you want to get out as much as you can uh, while we're on this earth. Why not? Why exactly. not? I mean, like I yeah. look, I've known you for a really long time. Maybe people are picking up on our on our uh, sexual chemistry, but the thing <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, yeah. like, I first heard you on a cassette tape. I'm not going to say what year it was. It was a cassette tape. I was in a car with a girl. And she knew you through somebody else. Anyway, and she was playing it, and I went, what the hell is that? That's the best thing I've ever heard. And then you and I became friends, and I talked to you, and you were in no hurry. And I was so impressed by the fact that you were a guy who was patient. And, and I think I learned that, actually, from you, because I'm very excitable, and I'm like, let's get it done today. Here we go. Um, and so I learned the art of patience from you. You're a very patient guy. But now you're saying that you want to sort of blend the two things together, like the, the patience with the creative impulse. Yeah. And the other thing that I did that was a big inhibitor, and it is, I think, still to a lot of musicians is, I mean, I went all in on, uh, you know, the equipment required to put these things out. You know, I have always been fascinated by the production side and, you know, graduated with that degree and, and produced some other artists, if you recall, way back when. I do. And I finally just said, you know, that's it. I'm going to get, I'm going to get into this deeper so that I can literally have the ability to walk over, you know, to a part of my place, flip a switch, and let this let this stuff flow. And so, yeah, I mean, it's not about patience sometimes, although I appreciate that because. You know, you got to you got to try to get it right because once it's out, I mean, you don't really want to go back and remix it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> no, once it's out, it's out. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you're right. There's a, there's a, uh, I don't know. There's a workflow, even for musicians, even for songwriters. And I think if you set yourself up, you know, the longer that you do it, I think you just get more accustomed to the process. It's obviously very painful <laughs> it's a very painful or it can be very painful process well you hear about that a lot right you do and, and you hear people trying to capture something and there's an inability sometimes to capture the thing they're trying to capture so you're always chasing perfection right 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 and it is it is so difficult to just let it go so that is why today is you know, exciting for me because this one's getting let go. For you to see Honeycane make wonderful out there on Spotify, for example, it's out there now for the world to consume. Does that excite you in a way where you go, wow, maybe, maybe I will become the prolific guy. No, no? I mean, it excites me. It excites me tremendously. Um, and you know, when you and I first met, this was not possible. That's right. I've already got people, you know, sending me notes from Brazil today. And that was impossible when you and I first met. And today it's like, oh, I mean, you know, let's it, it, you're right. It's a world audience. And I'm so excited about that part of it. Whether or not I become <laughs> prolific, I don't know. But I am working on the follow up. I can't wait for you to hear it personally. Um, I can't wait for everybody to hear it because I'm, you know, 
I'm I'm already I'm already onto the net. Right? <laughs> You're so funny because every time I talk to a musician, they always say the same thing. I go, boy, I love the new record. And they go, oh, wait till you hear the newer stuff I'm working on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not trying to discount this one. I've been listening to it all day today, it, today because it's been a while since I've gone through it all as well. And I'm like, holy shit. I mean, there's a lot of proud moments on this for sure. And the people that played on it, they, they freaking nailed it. They did. This is a beautiful record, and I love how you sequenced it because it opens with "Say You Will," and I can't remember the name of the very last song, but it just feels so cohesive to me. I spent—I can't even tell you how much time I spent trying to come up with the sequence, <laughs> and it's almost—you're probably one of the few people that's going to appreciate that because you know how it goes now. One of the songs will get into a playlist. And then, you know, if you're listening to Spotify outside of your house, it's going to go on shuffle play. Right. I mean, you know, but I do recommend, you know, for anyone that, that cares about uh, the, the time and effort that uh, went into deciding the sequence of the album to go ahead and give it a shot the way, the way that we put it out. And I appreciate that. Yeah, and it's appreciate and you know appreciate you noticing Al Green. I noticed it. Well, look, I I'm one of those guys that I think of albums as like books, right? You know, I don't like to listen to them out of order. I feel like it's the wrong thing to do. Um, but that's just because of, of the era that we're from. Um, but let me ask you a question: When you were sequencing it and you were laboring over it, what was it that you were trying to capture in the sequencing that you felt you finally got? Well, 11 songs is a lot, right? It's yep. about 48 minutes of music. And I think for every song to sort of accentuate each other, right? It's the, how you lead out of one and into the next is an important part of that. It always, has, it always has been for me. And it's also a challenge. I mean, let's be honest. How many times has that been done really well in the history of music? And I'm not saying that this is going to go down in the history of music for its sequencing, but it's an important thing. And if you think about the greatest records of all time, I mean, Abbey Road comes to mind, Dark Side of the Moon comes to mind. I mean, like there's, there are albums, even in the more modern period, but, you know, today's about singles and videos and, you know, all that stuff. And I, you know, labored about that too. So many people told me, put this out draw this out one song at a time. I'm like, no fucking way. <laughs> Put, I'm putting out an album. You know, I, maybe we'll do that with the next one leading up to it. But I, I still believe that it's a body. Uh, there's a, there's a reason that albums exist because, you know, anybody who I think is worth a salt as a musician or songwriter is going to work on a body of material at the same time. And at least for me, doing this purely for art's sake, purely for the sake of doing music, right? There's no, there's no label pressure. There's no marketing pressure. It's about releasing the best possible music that's true to, uh, true to the song. So I really spent time listening to all kinds of variations of the sequence, and I thought this one made the most sense in the end. I, I think you did a great job. And I think, you know, I listened to, like, I think We Played is my favorite song, and it's the number, it's fourth, I believe. 
it's fourth, but it's also six minutes long. So I didn't want right. to we didn't want to start people off with that. There's the you know that jam in the middle is something that I I'll never get sick of that. No, you know, but it's not a it's certainly not a radio edit. <laughs> not radio <laughs> no. ready. But I mean, there's such there's I mean, I love this record. It's one of the it's one of the the best albums of the year for sure. Tell me a little bit in terms of you were my favorite guitar players. How I'm, I've always wanted to ask you this. How often do you practice the guitar? Because I, I think and, and I'm curious to know how that matches up with you at 19. Were, were you the kind of guy to sort of hang out in your room and play for hours? And do you still do that? No. And the one guy that I knew personally that did that has been in the counting crows for 25 years <laughs> oh is that is it was it uh dan 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 yeah dan and i grew up together and uh, we had we had we were taking lessons at the same exact time from two guys that got next to each other in danville yeah so dan and i knew each other we, we, we jammed a lot in fact fun story there he was sitting in for rob preston who's the guitarist in honey cane with me the first show I had in, in San Francisco at the Hotel Utah. And Rob had a gig with his band in, in, uh, up in Chico. And so I had Dan sit in. And guess who was there that night? Charles Gillingham. Oh! The, Gillingham was there. The keyboard player. The key, yeah. He comes up after the set. He's like, dude, love, love, love your bass player. Love, love your songs. Love the guitar player. Love the background singers. I'm like, cool, man. He gave me his phone number. I, you know, I just, you know how that goes, right? Yeah. Well, he, he clearly connected with Dan that night. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, Dan was on his way. So I wasn't that guy. Dan was, Dan is so good. He was so, he's so uh, precise. And, you know, he's been in the Crows ever since the first album. Uh, he wasn't on the first one, but he was on every one since. He's a great player. I... I prefer to not be practiced. <laughs> Again, it's my philo- it's my philosophy of of just sort of let it flow. You know, yeah. you gotta let it you gotta you gotta let it wing. You gotta wing it to a certain extent. And uh, I, I I would hate to you know I would hate to sound like somebody else. And I would I don't want to be polished. I want it to feel exciting. And the way that I do that is by not practicing that much. Well, for all you young musicians out there listening, <laughs> maybe this isn't the exact message that you want to hear, or maybe it is. <laughs> well, let, that doesn't. Okay, wait. Let me. Yes, of course. All the all the uh, all the guitar. Hey, look. I don't. If you're too polished, you're going to sound like everybody else. And it's so the one fear I have is I don't ever want to sound like everybody else. Well, so I there's mean, the lesson. You're right. I mean, like, you know, Carl Palmer, nobody would argue that guy's not an amazing drummer. But Phil Collins, his criticism of Carl Palmer is too polished. He sounds so polished that there is no soul uh, inside his playing. Now, again, I know it's a matter of, of opinion, but I, I get what you're saying, where you, you want to sort of have enough, um, you know, improvisation and inspiration at the well, same time. I'm not going to knock anybody, but. I'm, and this is not a knock, but it, I mean, like, do you, when you think of the Counting Crows, do you think of guitar solos? No. You don't? No. And and that's okay, but there are definitely guitar solos on the Honey Cane album. <laughs> <laughs> there are, yeah. But, 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 they're not, but they're not, you know, I don't think they're, like, meant, they kind of sneak up on you. 
you know, you're not, it's not like, oh, time for guitar solo. <laughs> no, you're, you're right. Well, what is your relationship to the guitar compared to what it was when you were a kid? Like, how do you regard that instrument now? Do you, I mean, do you think of yourself as, as a guitar player? Oh, man. Another tough question. It's a tough question. I know. How do you self-identify? Well, I'm looking at my 66 Gibson, um, and it's such a beautiful instrument. All these guitars are guitar. I love guitars, and I'm by no means, uh, you know, this one's a 335, but I've got a, a fair little collection here of of uh, acoustic and electric guitars and basses and and I got to tell you, uh, I mean, I'm not afraid to turn it up and, you know, play the solo and, and jam it out. Um, but it's not really for me to determine whether I'm a guitarist or not. And I think that the people that, that I, you know, revere Clapton and B.B. King and Albert Collins, they're guitar players, Ronnie Wood. I mean, those guys are guitar players. I don't think you can, I don't think you can claim yourself to be a guitarist. So there's my answer for that. It, it's funny because, um, when you were talking, oh, I got my 66 here. You sound, you sound like a guitar player. <laughs> you sound like a guy who's got his guitars. <laughs> only, only guitar player would, would start off with the 66. <laughs> well, it was just because I have it in such a perfect spot while we're talking. But, I mean, I don't own a tune amplifier. I've got old, you know, um, solid state amps. I have the same amps I've had my entire life. I mean, I'm I'm a loyalist. I still have my first guitar. Wow! I still have any guitar I've ever owned. I've never, I've never let it go. So, and those are some of my favorite guitars, even though they're impossible to play. Um, the so I'm I'm re, I have a relationship with my, with my guitars for sure. <laughs> Good. Okay. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to edit that out. Uh, the um, the thing I wanted to ask you is we were listening to Honeykin in the office today, and one of the writers said this falls somewhere between the dead and Fleet Foxes. And I thought that's a wow. cool that's a cool series of reference points. Have you been surprised by what you've heard? Uh, I know it's early; the album's been out for four hours. But in terms of what people have <laughs> what people have said to you, even what you were saying about someone reaching out to you from Brazil, are you surprised yeah. by by the reaction people have given you to the record? I am because it's never the same. Everybody hears something different. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I mean, and everyone's legit too. It's like, what I love about it is I don't hear the same, I don't hear the same uh, references ever. You know, and so I don't know what that says. I was talking to Larry Decker about it, who's the bassist on this, and used to used to play in uh, Translator. Uh, he's like, Jer, you know, Honey Kane doesn't sound like anybody. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And he's a rock star, so if he said it, that's that's cool. I'm that's, taking it to yeah. the bank. That is cool. I'm not kidding, Alex. I don't think I've ever heard the same reference twice. And the one you just referenced, Grateful Dead, 
And who? Who was the uh, other one? And the Fleet Foxes. Yeah, I don't. I, I, you know, I've never heard those. I've never heard anybody compare us to those. So well, maybe I don't ask enough people. <laughs> well, what I like about that is, you know, that the dead are from the '60s and the Fleet Foxes are from eight years ago. So you're talking about like decades in between. So that speaks to a kind of universality of the music. I I love it. You know, we look. I take the production quality very seriously. This happens to be recorded to, you know, analog tape on the big old old format consoles. And eventually we transferred it to uh, you know, Pro Tools and, and finished it. But the sound of this recorded at Studio D in Sausalito, tracked in two days, pretty much, the basics. And then uh, we did some overdubbing in Los Angeles at the record plant. And we finally mixed it at uh, Rob Preston's studio, Get Real, in San Francisco. I mean, production quality, we cared. And we, we definitely used traditional, old school, if you will, um, processes, processes, techniques, um, as far as the, the way it went to tape. But, but, I mean, I think there's a lot of modern elements as well. And I, I you know, I think it's going to remind people of a, of an older sound, but in, but in today's, you know, language, if you will. Right. That's like an older sound updated that, that explains yeah. to me the, um, you know, the Grateful Dead to the Fleet Foxes link. Um, mm-hmm. My, my intern Hannah wanted me to ask you if you would be open to these songs appearing in movies or television programs or, Anything like that? Absolutely, and I wish I could say I wish I could caveat that by saying, "Well, I, I would love to, I would love to pick which ones they were in and the scenes." But there's no way that happens, right? I don't, I don't uh, have any issue with it being utilized in other art forms whatsoever. What about live shows? Is there a plan for the band to do any gigs at all in the coming months? Yeah, but you'll have to be in Los Angeles. Um, we will. So the new thing, I don't know if you noticed, is um, these backyard shows, loft shows. Uh, and I've been hosting them for uh, the So Far group. Have you heard about So Far? Yeah. Anyways, yeah, So Far is amazing. And we've been hosting them uh, from shows here at, at our headquarters my studio and you know we're going to we're going to ease ourselves into that we're going to do other types of uh, private events uh, why should i have to travel you know and lug all the gear to some shitty club in north hollywood we're going to invite people into our place where we're ready to go and so that'll be happening um as well as you know working on this uh follow-up release that i'm probably going to shoot for releasing in January of 19. Very cool. You remind me of uh, Charles Grodin, the actor, was saying, I'll do anything as long as it's uh, 10 minutes from my house here in Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Me and Charles, yeah. Yeah, but I oh, get I it. it. I get well, it, though. You know, it's like, I mean, you don't, you don't really want to drag your stuff into Des Moines. I mean, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense. No, but to be honest with you, if I um, have the opportunity 
and or I should say, you know, if the opportunity ever finds me, I, I would. It's like a dream to to think about playing in beautiful theaters, you know, around the world. And we'll do it. Hell yeah, we'll do it. But I just want to do it right, you know. And lugging your shit around is not is not. I don't think it's part of my plan. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, I, I can't really argue with that. Can you explain to the listeners what the so far thing is just so they know? Well, so far sounds, I think they're out of uh, based out of uh, London. Right. They have set up, they have set up um, live music performances, I think in 130 plus cities around the world. That's right. They're in, they're in every major city in the United States and, you know, elsewhere. And, I mean, it's amazing in Los Angeles how many shows they're producing a week. And, you know, they're anywhere from 50 to 100 people, but people show up and they run a really tight show and they really are doing an amazing thing to support actual live music, right? Because I don't know. I mean, I don't know about San Francisco anymore because I've been in L.A. for 18 years. But, you know, when you and I were hanging out when I was up there, you could go bands were everywhere everywhere and it's not so much the case anymore and it's hard harder and harder for bands to find their audience the way that they used to i mean it's all it's all online now so so far is you know i I applaud them for doing what i think needed to be done i mean they put their shows on usually they start at seven or eight and they're two hours and they're tight they start and end on time and you know, people can see a show and still go out to dinner or go to the, you know, go to whatever they got to do afterwards. It's amazing. It is. And I have met, and I have met some amazing artists through that, that I'm hoping to do some recording with and, you know, produce some songs for, et cetera. But I mean, if you're a fan of live music so far is something you got to really look into. I totally agree. Well, listen, I I want to tell you that I'm so proud of you and congratulations. This is a beautiful record and I'm I'm so excited for the world to finally hear the uh the magic that you create and possess as an artist. So this is a really exciting thing. Alex. Dude. Thank you, brother. <laughs> My pleasure. Come back on the program, will you? I can't wait come back on the program when when are we gonna do it let's we do it. set it up Jan- january january J- okay J- we'll do it before january for god's sake next sakes. week next, next week. week let's do it okay, next whatever. week <laughs> how can you not love that guy jerry Slavonia of the honey cane if you want more information about that band all you have to do is go to the honeycane.com and you will be directed to all the places you need to go to hear their music they're on spotify they're on soundcloud they're everywhere and trust me this is a fantastic record uh if you want more information about bombshell radio go to bombshellradio.com if you're on itunes hey subscribe to bombshell radio and since you're there and you're all subscribey why don't you subscribe to Stereo Embers, the podcast, as well, and leave us a comment. Tell us how you feel about the program. It would mean the world to us. If you want to drop me a line, editor at StereoEmbersMagazine.com or on Twitter at EmbersEditor. If you want to let me know who you'd like for me to talk to, give me a list of folks you want me to track down, and I will do my very best to get them on the program. 
All right. Thank you very much, as always, for listening. Let's close the show off with Say You Will. It's the opening track from the Honey Canes, Make Wonderful. Enjoy it, and I will see you next week right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast. Oh